Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome to Calvary Live. My name is Cody King, and I'm your host today to take your questions and prayer requests. You can give me a call at 303-690-3000. You can also send me a text at 720-336-0897. Just as a reminder on that text line, uh, nobody's going to be answering that. So if you try to call that line, then it's it's not going to go through. It's not there's no phone that rings. It's just a purely a text line. Uh, but it's a way for us to be able to you know communicate with you and uh, maybe uh, you you don't have an opportunity to give a phone call, but you can shoot a quick text and uh, we can try to answer your questions that way as well. Uh, again, my name's Cody King. I am the lead pastor at Redemption Calvary. Uh, we're located in Commerce City on 104th Avenue, about a mile east of Highway Two. Uh, if you've never joined us, if you've never been with us, then we'd love to be able to have you at at church with us uh, for directions, messages, more information about the church. You can check out our website. It's redemptioncalvary.org. Also, we have a radio program that's here on uh, Grace FM that airs on weeknights at 8 p.m. and also Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m., uh, and that's called Redemption Radio. Uh, so we we love being on Grace FM. We love the opportunity to uh, serve our community here in the Metro Denver area, up and down the Front Range uh, of Colorado. It's a, a great privilege and opportunity to be able to do that uh, through radio. So that's weeknights, eight p.m. That's uh, going to be Monday, Tuesday, not on Wednesday because there's a live service on Wednesday. Then Thursday and Friday. Uh, we'll be there. Also, I want to welcome our listeners on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. Also, Truth FM in Tennessee, North Carolina, and Kentucky. You are hearing this broadcast on a one-week delay, and we're so glad you're there. We're so privileged to be able to serve you as well. And if you are listening to this on that one-week delay, I want to encourage you to still call in uh, because we're still here to take your calls. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to be able to connect with you. Uh, We'd love to be able to um, uh, answer questions you might have and uh, to be able to connect with you as well. And you have the added bonus of listening to yourself on air in a week. So uh, that's a cool thing there as well. Hey, give me a call at uh, 303-690-3000 or text in at 720-336-0897. I'd love to be able to uh, hear from you. Hey, I was thinking about something as I was uh, just, you know, considering different things in my own life, in Christ, and just some of the things that are really necessary and needful and important. And uh, one of my favorite sections of Scripture, one of the places that I I really like to reference and go to a lot is Mark chapter 10, uh, verses 42 through 45. I'll read it for you real quick and uh, be able to uh, maybe uh, add some thoughts to it here. It says, But Jesus called them to himself and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. 
Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant, and whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. One of the crazy things about this section here is that we find ourselves in the in the Gospel of Mark as Jesus is going to Jerusalem for the final time. In chapter 11, it's the triumphal entry of Jesus where he comes in riding on uh, the, the colt of, of a donkey. And he's going with the express purpose of the cross in mind. That as Jesus is entering Jerusalem, he's doing so in order to be victorious and conquering, but not the way that everyone thought he was going to be. He's going to be victorious and conquering over sin and death. And as he's doing this, he's bringing the disciples along with him. And right before this section, we see that uh, the a couple of the um, the disciples, they're actually arguing about who's the greatest. And it was a common theme for them to argue over. And James and John are actually coming to Jesus with their mom, trying to get positions of power and authority in the kingdom. And Jesus calls everyone to himself and he says, listen, guys, you got this backwards. You know the way the world works. You know that people measure their greatness based on other people serving them, that that's how the world measures greatness. And he says, I don't want it to be that way among you guys. You are my followers. You are representative of me. And I want you to be like me. And, and, and he points them to the thoughts of the way that he has served them. He, he says it, in verse 43, it's not going to be like this among you guys. If you desire to be great, then you need to be the servant of all, uh, the slave of all in verse 44. And then he points to himself. He says, for even the Son of Man, speaking of himself, didn't come to be served. If there's anybody who could have said, I should be served, I deserve people to bow before me, bring me things, do stuff for me, extol and exalt me, it would be Jesus. This is God in flesh. And Jesus says, I didn't even come that way. And if me, being God in human flesh, didn't come demanding being served, how much more should you guys take my thoughts upon you and uh, and be a, a person who is serving? Uh, and he gives he gives us this crazy thought that it's so deep that it goes even all the way to the idea of giving his very life. And so just to encourage you with this thought that um, there are people within Christianity who are only receiving half of the discipleship that they need. And I wonder if that's you, that, that you can only get half of what you need through discipleship in terms of an academic pursuit, that, that things that you listen to, the information you take in, or even your own Bible reading, attending church services, going to small group Bible studies, all of those are great and they're good and they're needful and they're necessary, but you can only get half of what you need through that. The other half of what you need in terms of rounding out your discipleship and becoming like Christ is to um, go through the door of the servant. And the crazy thing about the door of the servant is that it's so low that you can't get through that door unless you go through on your knees. And so I just want to encourage you with that thought, with that mentality, uh, that um, you, you have this need to serve the Lord. And it's, it's part of your discipleship and rounding you out in Christ. And so take on the example of Jesus and see yourself 
as a servant. Again, my name's Cody. I'm uh, here taking your calls uh, on uh, Grace FM here. You can give me a call at 303-690-3000 or 720-336-0897. That's the text line. Looks like we've got uh, full lines and hey, full lines all from the East Coast today. What a cool privilege uh, that is. Uh, so let's go to line uh, one with Renee in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Uh, welcome to Calvary Live, Renee. You're on. You're on the air. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How about you? Okay. Um, I have a question. Um, about suicide. Um, from my from you know. I, well, what it is? See, number one, I'm totally blind. I've been blind for 27 years. Um, that has been very good to me. When I was 17 years old, I tried to commit suicide. I shot myself in the head, and um, as a result, the bullet severed my optic nerve. So I've been blind for 27 years now, and um, once I regained consciousness, um, you know, God just spoke to me and let me know that, you know, he forgave me. So now I can forgive myself, you know. Yeah. But my question is, um, does God um, forgive you for self-murder? Is that in the Bible that self-murder is not forgiven? That's a really... Some people do say that to me, and I'm not yeah. sure about that. Yeah, I think that's a really good question. And, and the reason that we consider this is because of just like what you said, there are people who points to this and say, this is the unforgivable sin. This is the one thing that you could do that God could not forgive. Um, to which I would say, the, the Bible never actually says that. Um, there is this unpardonable sin that the Bible does talk about, um, but that is expressly stated as the idea of blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And what that's talking about is this this concept that um, I am going to harden my heart and deny the truth that the Holy Spirit is leading me into, that Jesus is the only means of my salvation, uh, that, that he is the only one who can forgive me of sin and make me right with God. People try to take this idea of um, suicide and put it into that category, and that's never where the Bible places it. And I think that you used a good term in terms of describing this idea, that it's it's self-murder. That I think that's the exact perfect way to describe what this is. And the, the reality is that when we're thinking about this, that murder is absolutely a sin. And uh, it is something that the Bible condemns very, very clearly uh, and says that this is not something uh, that we are um, uh, allowed to, I guess, if you want to say that. It's not something that we should participate in. It's not something that, that should be a part of, of our practice at all, uh, the idea of murder. And, and so when we take that and we apply it to ourselves, um, there's nothing in the Bible that seems to indicate that that is somehow uh, you know, going to place it in a different category of sin. In fact, the Bible describes sin as this universal thing that no matter how bad it is on our level, you know, because we would probably take different sins and say, well, this one isn't as bad and this one's totally terrible. You know, maybe you think about the idea of, of you know, telling telling a little lie to somebody and you're like, well, I, I said it because it was actually going to be nice to them. And so that's why I said this lie. And we go, well, yeah, I guess that's sinful, but it's not that bad. You know, we would say that you can't, you don't necessarily go to prison for telling a little lie. 
Um, but you can definitely go to prison uh, for murdering somebody else. And so we have this these diff- this scale of, of sin from a human perspective. And the reality is that from God's perspective, there is there th- that all sin in Romans chapter three, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That there isn't there isn't this scale uh, in God's perspective. Um, and so while on the one hand I would say that um, we need to rightly view this idea of um, of suicide as self murder, and that is not something that somehow places you in a category of being unforgivable. Uh, we do need to understand the idea of suicide as it, it's really the the reason that that people contemplate this and the reason that we think about this and even go through with trying to do it is because we want to escape the pain. That, that's what we're looking for. We're trying to get out of the pain. And and if there's anything that I could say, because maybe there's somebody else listening in right now and they're thinking about this and they need some encouragement in this moment. If there's anything I could say about this, it would be to say, when you do this, when you commit suicide, when you murder yourself, the pain doesn't go away. You just shift it to somebody else. That's Someone true. else is going to feel that pain. That's very true. I found that out myself by, um, you know, surviving my suicide attempt. Hmm. Um, I didn't know I had around that time, you know, I was so consumed with the pain and everything that I was going through and, you know, thinking that God didn't love me or no one loved yeah. me and I wasn't worthy of anything, that um, once I get it and regain consciousness, I had no idea how many people truly cared for me and wow. were really there for me if I would have just took the time to open up and go talk to some of them, you know. Wow. And you yeah. know, let them know what was going on with me at the time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, the other thing to add to that is just the the reality that Jesus loves you so so much that that you are so valuable. He took the time to create you and craft you and form yeah. you. And I know that things get hard, and I know that life sometimes deals us issues and situations that we don't know what to do with, but the reality is that Jesus has not abandoned you in it. In fact, he's using those things, those painful situations, to draw you to himself and to produce godliness within you. If only we would yield, if only we would submit to him. And so, yes, it's also being as though that um, I'm totally blind now, I can see better spiritually. Hmm. Amen. You know, it's different. It's different. Yeah. My walk is much different. I can't do all the things that I want to do, like when I had sight, but, you know, I can get things done, and it's necessary, you know, for me to live. And, and God loves us that much, where so He will make sure, even with any disability or anything, that we're able to be, you know, taken care of, you know, each Amen. day and take care of ourselves. Amen. Amen. Renee, thank you so much for calling in. I appreciate your your call and just the chance to talk to you and just really grateful to hear in your voice the hope that Jesus has placed there. And uh, really just uh, looking forward to seeing how God uses you and uh, getting to meet in heaven. God bless you. Thank you so much. God bless, Renee. Well, you're listening to Calvary Live. My name is Cody King. I am your host today. Uh, I'm the lead pastor at Redemption Calvary, uh, and uh, just here taking your calls, looking to be able to speak with you and be able to answer the questions you may have about the Bible, about Jesus, about life, and how everything fits together. Uh, Give me a call, 303-690-3000, or you can also text in 720-336-0800. 
All right, so let's go to line two uh, with Steve from Philadelphia. Steve, you are on Calvary Live. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm 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 very good. I listen to you from time to time uh, while I'm driving, and it's very uplifting. And I appreciate what you're doing. Amen. Awesome. Yeah, I called. I I have a torn rotator cuff. I injured my shoulder. Uh, I, I I do CrossFit, and and uh, I'm just it's the, the the you know I I've been praying a lot, and and uh, you know I, I I know that Jesus is the great physician, and and uh, and I, I'm trying to stay away from surgery but i you know it's this is something that i haven't experienced before and and uh you know i've been a christian you know for a long time i've never had physical things wrong with me and it's just it's it's a it's a it's a difficult thing and um you know i, I know that god i know that god can heal me and and uh get me back to a productive state. So I I would appreciate any prayer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, let's pray for you. Father, we want to lift up Steve to you and pray that you would bring healing to his body. Uh, As he's even stated uh, in, in just thinking about you and who you are, you're the great physician. Your word tells us that you're the one who knit us together in our mother's womb. You're the one who knows us inside and out. God, you, you don't just know about us and you're not practicing on us. You know us intimately and perfectly. That you are the one who uh, designed our bodies, and you know exactly how they should work and the way they should go together. And as Steve has uh, had this injury and his rotator cuff is filled with pain and and, uh, just the frustration of not being able to move correctly and all those kinds of things, God, we pray that you would bring him healing and that you would uh, touch him and be able to uh, cause that healing to come. And whether you decide to heal him through the the supernatural touch, even now in this moment, we don't even need to be near one another, God. You are the one who transcends time and space. God, that you you could heal him in this moment. You could also choose to heal him through uh, through medical science. God, you've given us doctors with wisdom to know how to do different things and, and uh, to set our bodies up to heal. Uh, God, you're the one, and you could choose door you know, G that we haven't even thought of. Uh, and we just pray, that God, that you would have your way, that you would do it only you can, and that you would lead and direct. I also want to pray for Steve that you would give him... Um, a uh, uh, just the wisdom to know how to take the right steps forward. That he would know what what is the right move to take, and uh, should he have this surgery, or is there something else that you'd have for him, or that you'd lead him to a different doctor, uh, maybe that would have a different option for him. And God, that you would just lead his path and direct him that way. So, Lord, we love you. We're so thankful for you. We we thank you that you care about us and you care about these things, and that we can cry out to you with the full confidence of knowing that you hear and that you care. We pray in Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you for that. The, the the what you said about wisdom that was really really right on. That's hmm. something that 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 I really need in this situation, and I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Amen. Yeah, just to encourage you with a thought, I I had some uh, a back injury about ten years ago that I was struggling with, and I was right on the the verge of seeking out surgery. Uh, and just in prayer, God led me to a different doctor, and he did some different things. And uh, I avoided surgery. And to this day, uh, God used him to heal me in what I would call a completely miraculous way. And so I know the Lord can do that definitely. Yeah, I have an appointment, another appointment on June 12th. And the last time I saw him, he was talking about surgery. And I thought, I don't know if I want to go down that road. 
But yeah, def- definitely having the wisdom of the Lord to know, you know, which way to go. Sometimes that's just, yeah. you know, the choice that we have, and that's, you know, praise God that we do have that choice. And I and I and I'm and I'm a firm believer that just like you prayed that that God works through, you know, He's sovereign. He can He can work through doctors. He works through you know counselors or anybody that you know that He chooses to use as, as an instrument. And He obviously also can 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 work in the in the miraculous. But Amen. but uh, he, you know uh, you know that's that's definitely true. And I appreciate the prayer. Thank you very very much. Awesome. Well, God bless you, Steve. God bless you, too. Thank you very much. Have a good day. You as well. Well, you're listening to Calvary Live. My name is Cody King. I'm here uh, taking your calls and your text uh, questions uh, here in studio. Um, I wanted to let you know about uh, something that is coming up here on the East Coast. It's actually the uh, next Expositors Collective. It's going to be happening September 20th through the 21st. Uh, this year, 2019, in Howell, New Jersey. Uh, it's going to be hosted at um, Cornerstone Calvary Chapel in Howell, New Jersey. And what Expositors Collective is, is it's an intentional training seminar for young preachers, men and women ages 18 to 34 years old. And what it is, it's a 24-hour intensive seminar over a Friday and Saturday uh, that really focuses in on uh, the heart behind and the nuts and bolts of how to teach the Bible with precision, clarity, and power. Uh, and so uh, if, if that's something that you're thinking about, if you're thinking about, I would love to learn how to teach the Bible, I'd love to be trained in how to do this well, uh, then I would um, uh, I would encourage you to think about the Expositors Collective and to jump in and be a part of it. Also, one of the things that's associated with the Expositors Collective is there's a podcast uh, that you can listen in on some of the teachings, and there's some interviews and things, and so lots of really great content coming out there. Uh, I'm going to be in uh, New Jersey in September, and so uh, I'd love to see you there. Uh, and so if you're considering that, man, I'd love the chance to be able to talk to you, to meet you, and to, to be able to connect with you. All right, let's go to line three and Douglas from Pasadena, Maryland. Uh, Douglas, you're on Calvary Live. Hey, Brother Cody. How are you doing, my brother? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you? Doing good, man. Doing good. Um, I, uh, I'm a delivery driver for a pizza company. So, okay. you know, like most people, you know, I get so much out of Grace FM and, you know, these talk shows, it's a it's just amazing. I know the Holy Spirit's moving through the airwaves, and it's uh, Amen. I'm I'm blessed to uh, just be in this country to uh, to experience this. It's absolutely amazing. But um, so I have just a quick prayer request. Um, within the next week, um, my local church is going to be starting up their small groups and um. Me and uh, another brother in the Lord are going to be kind of co-leading a discipleship small group, and it was kind of interesting. I heard what you were saying at the beginning of the show, and man, can I relate, Cody. Um, Yeah. You know, the true nuts and bolts of discipleship truly is, is being of a contrite, broken heart and staying on your knees before God as, you know— a broken vessel needing to be filled by his spirit and his leading. So I know how powerful prayer is. And I want to, um, I just want to lift up to you, my, my, uh, my leader, Stephen, 
and he would just have peace and clarity and discernment um, for this small group, and that we would uh, just be led by the Holy Spirit, and um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Awesome, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to be able to pray with you. I think it's you know, just like what you're describing, it's such a needful thing for us to be submitted to the Lord, be submitted to the Holy Spirit and His direction in terms of what He wants for us to do and how He wants us to lead, because it's it's one thing for us to have an intellectual pursuit of God, and that's that's necessary. You know, we need to we need to think upon the things of the Lord. We need to read and study to show ourselves approved, as Second uh, Timothy says. But there's another aspect of this that we need all of that to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so um, just such a needful thing for us to be not only uh, engaged intellectually, but also spiritually. It's, it's, it's what uh, Jesus said in, in John chapter 4 when he's talking to the woman at the well, that those who worship will worship in spirit and in truth. So there's this kind of double aspect of this that's totally necessary uh, for us to be able to uh, serve the Lord well. So I'd love to be able to pray for you. Let's, let's do that. Father, I thank you for Douglas. God, I thank you for him uh, just taking the moments to call in and uh, to just share uh, about the things that you're doing in his heart, the, the things that you're doing in his life. And I thank you that you have um, you have called him as your own, that you have set him on the foundation of, of you, Lord Jesus, that you are the rock of our salvation. You are the, the pillar and strength and ground of our salvation, that you're the, the fortress that we run into, and you're the one who uh, gives us the strength that we need. And as he's considering this um, this small group season that's about to start within his church and uh, stepping into this, this co-leading season uh, alongside Stephen, I pray that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit. I pray that you would meet with them even now and just bring this encouragement and, and overwhelming sense of your presence and your direction, God, that you would use this small group in such a powerful and mighty way to knit the hearts of believers together. God, that you would do what only you can in, in taking a group of people who probably should not even know each other uh, apart from you, that, that just all the circumstances and different things in life would lead us different ways, but but they're in, a, in this church together, and they're in this small group together, God, and I pray that you would supernaturally forge in this uh, small group a deep sense of community, that your your word tells us that this is fellowship, God, that it would go so much deeper than, than just eating and uh, just hanging out and being friends, but that fellowship, true biblical fellowship would take place, and that you would do that through the leadership of Stephen and also through Douglas. So God, bless them, encourage them, help them to draw near to you, and as they do, that you would show yourself faithful on their behalf. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Cody, I, I so appreciate you, man. You, Pastor Ed, um, Jeff Biggs, man, I love all you brothers, man, and I can't wait to rejoice and praise God up there in the heavens. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for calling in. It's awesome. It's so encouraging to talk to you. It's uh, such a privilege to be able to, to connect through through this technology. All right, so um, let's uh, let's go to uh, Bianca on line one with a prayer request. Uh, Bianca, you're in Aurora. You're on Calvary Live. Hi, um, I have a prayer request. I know I asked for this before, but I'm asking again because the Lord still hasn't. I mean, I know he's working, but 
I just need prayer for my unsaved family, especially those who want nothing to do with the Lord. Okay, absolutely. Yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and pray for that because we've got about a minute until the break, and I want to make sure that we're able to do that. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for Bianca calling in, and I thank you for her heart, for her family members who don't know you and who are lost and without you, God. And as her heart breaks for them, I just thank you that she has this tender heart toward them. And we want to ask and bring them before you on, on their behalf, God. They don't even know uh, their desperate need for you enough to, to cry out to you themselves. And yet, God, you've placed it upon Bianca's heart to bring them to you and to pray to you and ask for your grace. And so, God, we pray that you would move in their lives and you would cause them to come to the end of themselves and to know you. We pray together in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. Uh, we got a break coming up and uh, stick with us and we'll take some more calls on the other side of the break. See you in a, few, in a minute. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, my name is Cody King, and uh, I'm your host today on Calvary Live, taking your questions and your prayer requests. You can give me a call at 303-690-3000 or also send me a text, 720-336-3000. 0897. Like I said, my name's Cody King. I'm the pastor at Redemption Calvary. Uh, we're located in the Metro Denver area in Commerce City on 104th Avenue, about a mile east of Highway 2. We've got two Sunday morning services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. I'd love to have you join us. You can get directions. You can listen to messages. You can get more information about the church by checking out our website. It's Redemption Calvary. Org. You can also listen in to what's going on at Redemption through Redemption Radio right here on Grace FM, weeknights at 8 p.m. and Sundays at 9.30 in the morning. I uh, also want to welcome our listeners on Hope FM and Truth FM. Uh, love having you guys with us and being able to talk to you and pray with you. Uh, just a reminder, you're listening to this on a week delay. And so please still call in. We'd love to talk with you, pray with you, answer questions for you. Uh, but uh, you get the added bonus of listening in uh, next week on the call. Um, one of the things I talked about on the first half of the show that I just wanted to re-hit again and reiterate is that we have uh, coming up in um, September in Howell, New Jersey, is the Expositors Collective. It's uh, a 24-hour training intensive seminar for uh, young preachers and teachers of the Bible. And so if you are someone who is between 18 and 34, a man or a woman, and you have a desire to be trained in how to teach the Bible well, to have the confidence that when you open the Bible, you know that you're standing on solid ground and that you are presenting what God intended to say, uh, then I would say you've got to be a part of this training seminar. It'll it'll radically shape the way that you view Bible study and the way that you deliver it to other people. Uh, so that's happening in September on the 20th and 21st. That's a Friday and a Saturday in Howell, New Jersey. It's going to be at uh, Calvary Chapel, excuse me, Cornerstone Calvary Chapel. 
Um, and I'd love to be able to see you there. I'm going to be there. Uh, there are a number of other uh, great Bible preachers and teachers that are going to be there. Um, with um, uh, one of one of my favorites is David Guzik. Uh, he'll be there, uh, being able to invest in the, this next generation of Bible teachers and preachers. So, uh, hey. If you would uh, like to give me a call, I'd love to be able to talk to you. The number is 303-690-3000, and uh, the text line is 720-336-0897. Let's go to line two, and Kathy in, uh, I believe it's Colorado Springs. Kathy, you're on Calvary Live. Thanks. I have a question about the 12 apostles after Judas Iscariot was no longer apostle. I read that Matthias was chosen, according to a few, um, I don't know, reasons Peter wanted um, someone from the original 120 that had been through um, their lives with him, but was an apostle, so they chose Matthias. Yeah. And I that's the only part that I saw or could find out about, and I was wondering if he stayed as an apostle, um, or was he replaced by someone else, because... Um, uh, the choosing of lots, they, God has a hand in who you want. God chose the original 12, so God was supposed to choose the 12 then to replace them. Yeah. So I just want to know more about all that. Yeah, that's a really, really good question. Yeah, what, what you're referring to is uh, found in the very beginning of the book of Acts. Uh, I'm going to turn over there real quick just so I can reference some of it as we talk. Uh, but in Acts chapter 1, what we see is that... Um, Basically, there Jesus was uh, as he ascended into heaven. He told his disciples very specifically, "I want you to go back to Jerusalem, and I want you to just wait. I want you to to, to wait for the promise." Uh, and they weren't really sure what that meant. Um, they just knew that they needed to be uh, obedient to the Lord. And Jesus says in verse eight of Acts chapter one, "You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, uh, and you will be my witnesses. You be witnesses to me in Jerusalem." In, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so Jesus gives them this very clear direction. Hey guys, I'm leaving, you go and you wait. And what we have there is the rest of chapter one shows how they do go and they do have this prayer meeting. And in the middle of the prayer meeting in verse 15, Peter stands up and basically says, hey guys, we've got to replace Judas. We need this 12th apostle. And here I've got some verses that show that we need to do this. And so what they then do is they they do something where they cast lots, which is very similar to like drawing straws or, you know, um, something like that. It's it's the way that they used to, to discern God's direction, God's voice, that they would, um, you know, give God kind of a yes, no answer. And then they would say, all right, if, if God's in this, then we'll roll the dice and we'll figure out if God's in this. And they do this, and there's a couple of guys that they nominated. They said, hey, here's two guys that have been with us, and they could be a part of this. And then the lot fell in verse 26 of Acts chapter 1 to Matthias. And so that's how he becomes uh, this 12th apostle. And then, like you noted, you can't find anything else about Matthias, that, that he essentially falls into uh, into history as someone who was noted here in verse 26, and then that's it. There's nothing else that's stated about him. And then interestingly, as you follow the flow of the book of Acts, what you see happen is the very next thing that takes place in chapter 2, it's the day of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit is given. And from there, the entire rest of the book of Acts uh, opens up to us and we see how God moves in a way that they didn't previously understand or expect. 
And and really what I gather from this, and the thing that, that stands out to me in this, is that they were um, in this position of waiting on the Lord. And a lot of times, I, I know for me, when I'm waiting on the Lord, I start thinking up a bunch of stuff that I should do. I start thinking up a bunch of things that I should be uh, actively pursuing or, or accomplishing or whatever. And some of those things, they may even be driven by godly desire. I might even have a verse that says, this is a good thing. And yet what we see here is that they chose Matthias based on this, this casting lots, and he's never heard of again. But who is heard of through the majority of the book of Acts? Well, that's Paul. And, and Paul even references himself as an apostle chosen out of time in 1 Corinthians, I believe it's chapter 15, uh, that he, was, he, he became an apostle. He, he references himself in the beginning of his letters as, as an apostle of the Lord. And so it seems to me that as you look through this, that Matthias was man's choice and uh, the, the apostle Paul was God's choice uh, as we look at that. So that, that's kind of some thoughts around that. What, what's going on in your mind? Oh, I, I'm, I'm there with it. I wanted to make sure I understood it. But in, in Revelation, it talks about the 12 pillars, okay. um, or 12 that will judge the 12 tribes of Israel. So my, I was wondering, well, who's going to be judging that, Paul or Matthias? Because we didn't hear Matthias at all, because the 12 apostles. Yeah, yeah. So what I would, uh, that, that reference, you know, the 12, it's, it's purposefully stated like that for us to say the 12. And so we're not given specific names of who, who the 12 are. Um, but it would, I would say it's probably going to be Paul, uh, and not Matthias. And the reason is because, uh, one of the thoughts that I didn't really get to tie up here is that they were, um, God, does, God was doing something new. This was the, in Acts chapter, um, one and two, is really the the ushering in of the new covenant. New covenant. Um, and so because cool. of this, God's relationship with humanity is changing. Instead of us having to go through the high priest on uh, and, and offering sacrifices to God through the temple, now we, we become the temple of the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter uh, 6. And we have this direct access to the Father through our great high priest, Jesus, uh, the book of Hebrews talks about. And so because of that reality, this this entire way of asking God questions and getting direction from God changes. Uh, so much so that when you look ahead to uh, Paul going on his first missionary journey, um, let me see if I can find it real quick. Um, it says uh, in chapter 13, I believe it is. Yeah, in, in chapter 13, um, it, it says... Uh, in verse two, oh, excuse me. Uh, I'm trying to find this verse here. Uh, it says, let's see, chapter 13. Now in the church, uh, there was in Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simon, uh, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manan, who had brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. In verse two, as they ministered to the Holy Spirit and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Baal, uh, Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. And then having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them and sent them away. And so what we have here is a completely different way that God speaks through the book of Acts. There's a transition that takes place. And the major thing that happens that's different is Acts chapter two, the Holy Spirit comes. And because the Holy Spirit is sent, now we're not left with this sort of, you know, um, magic eight ball relationship with God where we ask him questions and kind of guess and hope. Now we have this full assurance of God's Spirit leading us. 
Wow, that's pretty. Okay, that's just beautiful. Thank you very much for setting all that clear for me. Amen, Kathy. God bless you. Have a great Thank day. Thank you. God bless. Bye-bye. All right. Hey, my name is Cody. I am the pastor at Redemption Calvary here in Commerce City, Colorado. Uh, and I'm uh, taking your calls and your texts here at uh, Calvary Live and uh, just uh, looking forward to seeing uh, what God has for us today. I wanted to go to one of the text questions uh, here we see in uh, th- that we, we received earlier today. It says this, what does it mean to worship in spirit and in truth? Um, really, that comes out of John chapter 4. Uh, we referenced it earlier in the uh, show. And in John chapter 1, or excuse me, John chapter 4, Jesus is meeting with the, the woman at the well. And, um, you know, he's talking to her and really dealing with some different things in her life. And, um, you know, she's uh, just trying to uh, um, figure out who this guy is and what he's all about because he's a Jewish guy asking her, a Samaritan woman, uh, for water. And that was just, it was just weird. It didn't make sense to her because they weren't supposed to have interaction with one another. And then Jesus, um, you know, he, he asks her a question and says, Hey, uh, how about you go call your husband? And she goes, I don't have a husband. And he says, yeah, you're right. You've had five and the one you're living with isn't your husband right now. And so as, as he's doing this, as Jesus is in the middle of this, she senses conviction and she does what most of us do when we sense conviction. She changes the subject. <laughs> she she switches the whole thing to say, "Hey, um, you know, uh, I perceive you're a prophet," and starts talking about the right place to worship, whether it's in a certain mountain there in Samaria, or you know, is it in the mountain in Jerusalem? And Jesus's response is to say. Um, in verse 21, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither, uh, on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the father. You worship what you do not know. We worship, uh, we know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. Verse 23, this is where it comes from. But the hour is coming and now is when true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. So there are these two components that Jesus says are necessary for true worship. Um, I'll start with truth because I think that's the one that's easier for us to grasp and to understand. The idea of worshiping in truth is to say that when I worship God, it needs to be in line with what the truth really is, that it needs to be doctrinally sound, that it needs to have good theology backing it, that you know, when I, when I sing to God, that I need to sing theologically correct things, that, that when I, uh, I am uh, bringing God my, my worship, I need to do so in a way that is engaged mentally, that, that there's not this disengagement mentally, that there's not this, you know, putting my mind in park and, uh, and I just kind of do whatever, but that I'm engaged mentally, that, that the truth is a massive part of my worship. But there's another aspect of my worship that is necessary, and that is in spirit. And what this is talking about is that there has got to be some sort of connection to the Lord, not just on a sterile truth informational level, but on a a personal uh, connected emotionally kind of a level as well, that, that I've got to... I've got to worship God with all of who I am, that, that I can't disconnect and com- 
compartmentalize my life, but that it's got to be this all-encompassing kind of a thing. And so the spirit aspect speaks more to the relational uh, kind of um, feeling and emotion and uh, the the relationship aspect, and the truth speaks more to the the foundational principles that undergird that reality. So both are necessary, both have to be there, and they tend to balance one another out. And you've probably thought of maybe some churches that you're aware of that they tend to overemphasize one or the other, that, that there's these these tendencies in us to swing the pendulum too far one way or the other, and that there's this idea that, well, we're going to be all about the Spirit. And so people that are doing that, they say things like, well, the Spirit told me to, and then they fill in the blank with a whole bunch of crazy stuff that's not in the Bible, and the Bible doesn't describe, and you're wondering, how could the Holy Spirit be saying that? Well, the truth is, He's not. That's just their emotional reaction and their what they want to feel. And so they're trying to drum up an emotion by hyper uh, extending and focusing upon the spiritual aspect. Well, there's also the truth aspect. And maybe you've seen people who've done this where they, it's all the mind. It's very sterile. It's very cold. It's very smug. It's very intellectual. Uh, it's just all about thoughts and truth, but there's just nothing that, that, that supports it from an emotional perspective or there, there's no feeling behind it. And so it's got to be both. It's got to be both and not either or. All right, so let's uh, go to the phone lines. Uh, we've got uh, line one with Rachel from Fort Collins. Rachel, you're on Calvary Live. Rachel, are you with us? I think we may have lost Rachel. Um, so if you are, it uh, looks like Rachel dropped. Um, and let me see here. She was asking for a prayer request uh, she's gotten recently married, um, and uh, she's she's been intentionally she intentionally married an unbeliever. She says, um, and so she is um, asking for prayer uh, uh, about that. So let's let's pray for Rachel, Father. We want to lift up Rachel to you, and um, God, as she finds herself in a marriage relationship uh, that is outside of the marriage relationship that you have described and prescribed, we pray that you would help her to now navigate this relationship. Um, God, that you would show her your grace and your overwhelming sense of of presence with her. Uh, I pray that she would, um, under the conviction of your spirit, come to you in repentance instead of rebellion and to, to submit her whole heart to you for her whole life. And God, I just pray that you would cause her to be able to be a living example of Christ in her marriage relationship and that you would be glor- glorified and that you would be honored. We pray together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, my name's Cody King. I'm your host today uh, here in studio, answering your questions, taking your prayer requests. Uh, looks like we uh, have a couple of open lines here, so uh, we've got a few more minutes left in the show. Give me a call, 303-690-3000. Uh, or you can also send in a text at 720-336-0897. Uh, let's go to line one and Dalton in uh, Fort Collins. Dalton, you're on Calvary Live. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, not bad. It's the end of the workday, so. Yeah, oh, right on. <laughs> um, I just had a quick question. Uh, I have a lot of friends that have a lot of different views in religion as far as whether it's atheist or Buddhist or New Age or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, just a wide spectrum. And Sure. Um, I was just curious, and I've had this thought to, because I, I struggle a lot of the times to really understand their their faith essentially, or where they 
get their beliefs and all this kind of stuff. So I was wondering if you thought it might be a wise decision to kind of look into, because my idea is to look into these religions, like the religious texts and everything, and okay. um, kind of compare them and research them and compare them with the Bible and all that kind of stuff. Um, I am a believer myself, but I, like I said, I just would like to have a better point of view on the, in, in their eyes, I guess you could say. Sure. Uh, I could try to better understand why they believe what they believe and how to explain you know, yeah. either the simulators or different differences, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. I think that's a really good question. Uh, I have some thoughts, but let me ask you a couple of questions before we, we jump into that. It'll help kind of shape the direction that I go with, with it. Um, so describe, uh, describe to me your walk with the Lord. Uh, what is your, you know, what is you, how, how is your relationship with God? Um, it's, I go through rough spots, you know, here and there. Um, and, I've, I guess I honestly have been distant late, lately, um, but by no means do I question whether or not I'm trying to seek different answers by any means. Um, sure. I've had experiences in my life that I couldn't explain, uh, that I, I just, you know, I, I know was Christ and everything. I know that Christ mm-hmm. is our Savior and that He uh, died for us to save us, and, you know, a lot of that makes sense to me, and a lot of it doesn't, to be honest with you, but, you know, um, with my walk, I, I learn new things, and I, um, where whether it's from this show or whenever I pick up my Bible, um, which, you know, I should do more always, but anyways, I, you know, yeah. little nuances in the day or something like that, you know, I always fall back to them, and, you know, I don't ever really lose my grip. I'm not trying to veer off by any means. Sure. But, well, the only reason I ask that question is because I think it's a pertinent question in terms of your own spiritual strength. Here, here's basic, the, the basic answer is um, that, yeah, I think it's a good idea to, to pick up some of these books and to read some of these other things that, that uh, these other religions teach, only if you're strong enough in your own Christianity. And uh, the, the reason I say that is because there have been so many people who have unintentionally been led astray into lies— by not being rooted and grounded in their own faith. And what ends up happening is their study of these other religions becomes their spiritual food, and, and they, they literally cause themselves uh, to, to just become malnourished, and they abandon the faith. Um, and so that would be my one caution. My one caution would be, I think, from based on what you've described, uh, I, do, you, do you have a, a good, solid Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church that you're a part of? The fact that you say that, I, you know, I definitely probably should do that before um, doing this. You know, it's it just sure. a thought. I haven't started anything, but, yeah. I, you know, I wanted to get advice and, of course, pray on it and all this kind of stuff. But Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. I think I, it's important to, to consider that, you know, because— Really, the, one of the big things is being a part of a community of believers and having your own faith really strong, really rooted and grounded is that that's going to give you the ability to see the lies and to understand what, what they really are. One of, the, one of the big problems is that when we don't know what the truth actually is, then somebody offers us a different kind of, uh, of thing that they're, they're, thinking, they're telling us is the truth. And because we don't know what the truth is, we just 
we take it. It sounds right. It sounds spiritual. It sounds good. And so we end up taking it in when in fact, it's it's a, a lie that's, that's meant to derail our faith. So that would be my caution. Um, what I would say as well is, uh, that um, I, on my bookshelf right now, I have a, a few volumes of things that are absolutely, um, completely uh, um, heretical and um, not not from the Lord. Like I've I've got a, a New World Translation of the Scriptures from the Jehovah's Witnesses. I've got uh, a, a Book of Mormon, uh, among some other things. And one of the things that I've done is I've written in the beginning of each of these books. Uh, marking them as poison, that they're not the truth, but that I have them for study purposes so that I can understand what some of these other cults believe. So I think that that's, that's an okay thing that you could do um, and something that you could take in. But I would, again, caution that to say, you've got to be really strong in the scriptures before you even try that. Uh, there would be no point in, in opening that up. Otherwise, it's going to lead you astray. The other thing that I would add to that is there's a really, really great reference book called Kingdom of the Cults. Um, really great book that what it does is it outlines for you uh, what the these uh, false religions believe, where it's found in their writings, and what Christianity teaches and where it's found in the Bible. So it really just lays it out for you in a very clear way so that you can understand how to approach some of these subjects. And there's it's got a ton of different kinds of uh, religious views in it. So I would highly recommend that, Kingdom of the Cults. Okay. And that's by uh, oh, Wal- Walter Martin, I believe, Kingdom of the Cults. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, awesome. and I, I appreciate your advice and everything. And I... Um, I kind of figured kind of the same thing, you know, I, I did forget about the, the church solid foundation and everything. And that's um, something I appreciate you reminding me of because it's Amen. definitely a good idea to have a good backing. Um, and, you know, but I do agree with you that it's something that I want to make sure that I'm strong in my foundation before I actually do it. Yeah. Like I said, it's just an idea that I had and wasn't sure if it would be like a really a wise decision or not, or, you know, yeah, you. absolutely. Well, and I think that it's it's a tremendous heart to say I have these friends that are in my life who have these other belief systems and I want to actually answer the questions that they might be asking. And I think far too often in Christianity we're answering questions nobody's asking and then we find ourselves being irrelevant and nobody thinks that we have anything good to say. But the truth is that in Christ there is everything. Everything according to life and godliness is found in Christ in his word. And so being able to know what they're thinking about and how can I bring the gospel into that situation, and I think it's awesome and super commendable. Can I pray for you, Dalton? Absolutely. Right on. Father, I thank you for Dalton and his heart to know uh, how to minister to these people that are in his life. I pray that you would give him wisdom and direction on how to do it well and how to do it correctly. And I pray that you'd give him spiritual insights to be able to uh, reach right to the heart of the matter and to bring your gospel to bear in powerful and supernatural ways. God, I also pray that you would lead him to a great Bible-believing church. I know that there's a few Calvaries real close to him, uh, whether it's in in, uh, in Fort Collins or in Greeley, Loveland area. God, I just pray that you would uh, show him where he can find a, a great church that's going to love and, and uh, grow him in your word, and that you would be encouraged, uh, he would be encouraged in you, and that you'd use him for your glory. So we pray this together in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for calling in, Dalton. Uh, uh, call us back and let us know how it's going. Absolutely. I appreciate your time. All right, man. God bless you. All right. Well, we got a couple of minutes left. Uh, let's see. We've got uh, Line 3 and Love Day. I think I said that right. Love Day in Baltimore. Uh, you're on Calvary yeah. Live. 
Good evening. All right. Yeah, good evening. Yeah, we got about uh, three minutes left. Uh, what's your question? Yeah, my, my is a, a, a quick question. Uh, you, you did mention that um, in the millennium, there's going to be procreation. I just uh, uh, wanted to know where the reference is in the Bible so I could look it up. Sure. Yeah. Um, give me just a second. Um, essentially, where this is, where this comes from, is that when Jesus establishes his millennial reign, what we have is that he um, he establishes his millennial reign and he removes all unbelievers from the planet. And then, in establishing that millennial reign, there are only believers that are left, and they are now um, uh, living with Jesus uh, as he is king, sitting on the throne in Jerusalem. Um, and what happens at the end of Revelation is that we see that there, the um, Satan is let out of the abyss, and he mounts an attack on Jerusalem um, with the world's non-believers. And so, where, what this comes from is that there's not a verse that says people have kids in the millennium. It's understanding where did those non-believers come from. Well, the only way that non-believers can get there, because you have believers in the millennial reign, is that those people who survive uh, the, um, the you know the the revelation, they 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 survive the uh, the apocryphal events. They come out on the other side. They're believers. They're living in this millennial reign. They have kids who have kids who have kids for a thousand years. And in there, there are some who believe and there are some who do not. Uh, so that's really the, the reference of that. It's that uh, where do the people who mount the attack with Satan come from? Uh, they have to come from uh, some people who are uh, on the planet there. Does that make sense to you? Okay. Yes, it does. I, I, I was, I'm aware of that. I thought that was something else. But, but um, uh, uh, lastly, so is there anything to suggest that those who entered, I mean, the righteous ones, that some of them might rebel, or you think it's only the ones that are born that will uh, it, ha- it would have to be the ones who were born because Jesus separates them himself, and so I don't think Jesus chose incorrectly. Um, you know, it's not like Jesus didn't know what somebody actually believed. Okay, gotcha. Thank you yeah. so much. No, really great question. All right. All right. Well, it's uh, been my pleasure to be able to uh, be with you today on Calvary Live. Uh, my name's Cody, and I am the pastor at Redemption Calvary. Uh, we have two services on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. You can find us on our website, redemptioncalvary.org. Until next time, may you grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.